Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel, because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Psalm 78, verses 21 and 22. So one of the uh, little tales that flies around the world is that uh, the Old Testament um, is... uh, reveals God's wrath, but in a very negative way. In other words, uh, uh, in the New Testament, it's all about love. In the Old Testament, it's all about wrath. And of course, that's a fiction. So God, when God's wrath arises, there is a reason for it. And it's, it's basically uh, the people walking away from their creator. Uh, and they sometimes do it consciously, sometimes they do it unconsciously, uh, but they seem to be in um, the, they seem to be captured with uh, the appeals that Satan has made to them. And so they fall prey to that. But God's wrath, and the, the one other thing I would say about it, in the New Testament, in the second uh, chapter of John, Jesus goes in, uh, to Jerusalem, and he finds the uh, the marketplace is uh, is entered into the or is near the uh, temple itself, and he displays his wrath, which is God's wrath, uh, in the pollute the polluting of the temple uh, by worldly things. Yeah, the, the hard part for us on this is most of our examples of someone being mad or angry or wrath are basically hissy fits. It's about when it hasn't gone well for them or just plain evil. I mean, some of the wrath that you see in people's cruelty to others, there it's nonsensical, but uh, we need to understand it from God's perspective. Uh, in his holiness and in his goodness, uh, there's pure motivation that it's, he, even his wrath is restorative. He's trying to bring creation uh, back to its original purpose, not for his own sake, but for creation's sake. And so um, there's a, a different angle on this when looking at God than looking at our human perspective. And when we uh, put God in anthropomorphic terminology, which is just basically reflections of human realities, we're always going to come up short in understanding of how God works. Yeah, uh, there are uh, plenty of um, instances in the Old and the New Testament where uh, God's wrath is displayed. For example, when the uh, Israelites are at the mountain and, and Moses has gone up and he's uh, bringing down the Ten Commandments. Uh, they have betrayed God there with uh, their dancing and their revels and so on and so forth. Um, in other words, I think that when we look into the mirror uh, uh, or through the mirror even, uh, the question is, is wrath justified by through our behavior, through our betrayals of one another as well as God? Well, the, you know, the aspect of this is to understand. So that's a, 
an example of Moses, what we call righteous anger, when he sees the people going away from God in false uh, worship. But another time, he strikes the rock in anger, and it ends up being destructive to himself because there's a different motivation. And so uh, a lot of it is the motivation underneath it. Um, and so the whole idea of righteous anger is really walking a tightrope uh, related to attitudes and motivations. That's why I have often said, I don't think it's possible to have righteous anger for something that's been done to us because our uh, sense of well-being is too captured. Usually true self, uh, true righteous anger is when we see injustice towards someone else. Now, that doesn't justify uh, evil action in return or retaliation. Uh, it seems the optic that Jesus gives us is strong uh, movement without inflicting pain. And in fact, Jesus ultimately takes all wrath upon himself, even the wrath of God, uh, by being our substitute on the cross.